I felt uh, to share with you today about my nation Israel, the people of Israel, what God is doing in the nation and, and how we see the future. Because I believe that God has a part for, for you in what God is doing in Israel. We just celebrated uh, 70 years since uh, the birth of the nation of Israel in 1948. And, uh, you know, naturally, we are not supposed to be existed at all. And it's only the hand of God and the miracles that he performed in this nation. You know, the first prime minister of Israel, David Ben-Gurion, says, in the land of Israel, the one who doesn't believe in miracle is not realistic. Truly, it's a nation of miracles. And when you think about Israel, you have to see Israel through the prophetic. You have to see Israel through the prophecies and the promises that God gave to this nation. You know, just in the scripture, the name Israel is mentioned 2,238 times. Jerusalem, 625 so God has to say a lot about the nation of Israel and the people of Israel. And I was, uh, wanted to share with you a couple of scriptures from Ezekiel 36. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me. And I want to read verse, verses 24 until 26. For I will take you from the nation, gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You know, this scripture is talking about the nation and the people of Israel. And you can see two parts for this prophecy. The first part that God is going to gather back his people back to the land of Israel. And the second part, he will do something inside the hearts of Israel. Among the Jewish people, he will take the heart of stone and will put the heart of flesh. He will put his spirit among his people. When I look at the 70 years of, uh, of Israel, it was, uh, this war, many, many years of a lot of pains and war. Many people got killed and wounded. You know, many terror attacks. Even, even this morning, uh, two Jewish people were murdered at the workplace by a terrorist. So when you think about the nation of Israel, it's a nation that there is a lot of grief and pain. It's a survival nation. And in the midst of all of this pain, we can see also that it was years of blessings. We see the way God is using the nation of Israel had to be a blessing in the earth. You know, we... We brag about that we, there are so many Jewish people that won Nobel Prizes. 
uh, a lot of innovations uh, in technology. Did you know that disc on key was invented in Israel? You know, in the ways and mobili, you know, in uh, agriculture. Do you know that cherry tomato was invented in Israel? You know, weapon, we have the iron dome that protects uh, against missiles and technology truly that, that touches millions of people all over the world. And the pioneers that came in the beginning, even before 1948, they came to a nation that was, was almost nothing was here. And they gave their life to build that nation. The American author Mark Twain, he, he visited Israel in 1867. This is the way he described the nation. It's a desolate nation, hopeless, broken-hearted. The valleys are ugly deserts. You can see grief and despair. Nothing was here on those years. And people that God put the vision in their heart to come to the land of Israel and to build a nation came and, and paid such a heavy sacrifice. Many of these families, their children died in different diseases. But they came with that vision, we have to build a nation. And today when you come to visit Israel, you will see that this nation still been built up. You can see, you see new buildings and new roads still every day. I was thinking about the psalm that is actually connected to the title of the message from Psalm 126. In the first scriptures, first verse it says, When the Lord brought us back, back his captives, once of Zion, we were like those who dream. And you connect the scripture for the Babylon exile, when King Nebuchadnezzar took the Jewish people to exile. Because of their sin, God sent the prophets warning the people of Israel, you have to repent, you have to change your way. But the people of Israel didn't accept, didn't want to repent and God sent them to exile. But we have an amazing God that even in his judgment, he still leaves hope. And he promised, he told Jeremiah the prophet, after 70 years, you're going to come back to the land. And this is exactly what God did. Because he is a God who keeps his covenant. I was thinking uh, about you, the family of Times Square Church. Uh, you know, I, I believe that you are dreaming. You have dreams. And you have dreams that maybe family members that you have that don't know yet Jesus and you're praying for them. And you want to see them one day, you know, coming together with you and worshiping, coming to know Yeshua, coming to know their, their calling in this life. And it's a dream. In Israel, they dream. They dream on the day they will come back to the land. And when they came back to the land, it was like, you know, pinch me. It, it, this is reality. And I want to encourage you not to lose hope for your family. 
keep believing. Keep dreaming. As a Jew, that by the grace of God, he saved me through Yeshua. Coming to my parents and telling my Jewish parents that I believe in Yeshua, I found the Messiah. It was so hard for them. They were so angry. They told me, if you, if you continue to walk in this way, you can't stay in this home. And I had to leave the house because I was not ready, willing to give up the life that I found in Messiah. And for 25 years, I was praying, believing, and dreaming that one day I will see my parents worshiping Yeshua. And about four years ago, my parents wanted to meet with me and my wife, and they said, you know, all of these years, we looked at your life, and now we know that what you have is the truth. And we want what you have. <laughs> so, so I had the privilege to, to lead them to Yeshua. I had the privilege to baptize both of them. Now they sit in the front row, <laughs> worshiping together with us. Every time I see my dad raising his hand in worship, and I'm like, pinch me, this is reality. <laughs> I must say, it's not easy to preach when your parents are in the front row. <laughs> I have to tell you this story. Uh, I, I was talking about Jacob and Esau, and I said, you know, that Jacob was his mama boy, and Esau was loved by his dad. He was like the man. And my mom, in the middle of my sermon, said, you were also mama boy. <laughs> yeah. um, keep dreaming. <laughs> keep believing that God your prayer will be answered. In 1948, in Israel, was only 600,000 Jewish people. And from 1948 until 1990s, it was a million and a half Jews that, that from them, one million immigrated from the Soviet Union. Back so God opened the iron gates of Soviet Union and brought back the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. And until today, every month there is new immigrant, Jewish immigrants that's coming from all over the world back to the nation of Israel. 
You know, the scriptures that we read in Ezekiel 36, it says, God says, for I will take you from the nation. It's like God took it as a personal job that he's going to do. He will bring his people back to the land. Of course, he is using people to do it, but he's doing it and no one can stop what he's doing. And I have to say something to my brothers, the Christian Arabs. Because in Israel, it's, it's, it's very, it's tense issue. In what God is doing among the Jewish people and the local Arab and the Christian Arabs. And I want to tell my brothers and sisters, the Christian Arabs, that what God is doing in Israel includes you. You are not called to stay on the side and look what God is doing. You are part of what God is doing. Because you were grafted into the olive tree of Israel. And every blessing that God bless Israel, this blessing is upon you too. In Psalm 126, as we continue, in verse 5, it says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. You know, today when you, when you sow in the fields, it, it doesn't take... You know, it's gonna, not going to bring you to a place of having tears. I remember being in North Carolina. My, my, uh, my wife's dad is a farmer. And he took me on a tractor to sow in the seeds. And we had this nice tractor uh, with air conditioning. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 we were just going back and forth. You know, it was nice. Really, not tears. But back in, in the time of the Bible... When you sow in the field, it was a hard ground. It was field that was filled with so many stones that you had to remove the stone and work very hard that you can sow and then later on reap. It was a hard work. And this is kind of allegory that to take something natural and to give it a spiritual meaning. And we feel in Israel that when we sow, when we sow the word of God in Israel, it's a hard ground. It's a field filled with stones that needs to be removed. Sometimes it's bringing you to a place of tears and suffering and pain and despair and hopelessness. But when you think about Israel, you have to look at Israel for the long term. What you sow today. Maybe you will not see the, the harvest immediately, but in the future you will see it. I always thought about Israel. If you want to be in Israel, if you want to serve in Israel, you have to come with the spirit of Caleb and Joshua. Because if not, you will not make it. There is many giants in Israel. Many of them. Different sizes. <laughs> they actually, as you step out of the door, they're waiting for you. 
But when you have the faith that if God is with us, who can stand against us? So God is bringing his people back to the land. We saw physical restoration of the nation of Israel. But now I believe that we are in the beginning of second stage. Where God is moving among his people. And he's doing something deep in their heart. And taking that heart of stone and put a heart of flesh. He's taking his spirit and he's putting it in their people. You know, just for you to know, and I'm talking about the, the Messianic, the Jewish believers in Israel. In 1948, it was only 23 Jewish believers in the land. Three families. And someone did a survey in 1989, and he found out that the, the body of Messiah in Israel grew from to 30 congregation and 1,200 Jewish believers. <clears throat> then they did another survey in 1999. And this time, 81 congregation and 5,000 Jewish believers. <clears throat> and Israel College of the Bible in Israel did a survey in 2017. And now there is 300 congregation and home fellowship and 30,000 Jewish believers. You know, the other day we were, we were listening to someone from China, a minister for China, and, and this is like a, in one day there is like almost 30,000 people that come into faith in China. And, and when you think about Israel, it, it's not much. But I want to tell you that since 1948 until today, God is moving and the, and the body of Messiah in Israel is growing. And this remnant that God is preparing in this generation is going to, going to impact the nation of Israel. Many of the believers were first generation believers in Israel. And now our children... The young generation that believe in Yeshua, that believe in Jesus, taking the gospel to places in Israel that we didn't have a chance to do. They're going to the army. They're going to the business world. They're going to school. And they're sharing the good news of Yeshua with our people. And it's amazing to behold. And I believe, as I said in the beginning, that what God is doing in Israel, it's something that you have a part in it. And the time that we have, I want to give you a few ways that you can be part in it. In Isaiah 62, verse 1, it says, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes like brightness and her salvation like torch that burning. You know, the word in Hebrew for silent, it's not only for someone that is not making, not raising his voice, but it's mean refrain from acting. 
The word quiet, it means someone is calm, relaxed, relaxed, someone that's indifferent. And I know that when you hear about Israel and you hear that there is a war, you know, many people take the verse from Psalm and say, you know, let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem and, and please continue to do it. But praying for Israel and standing with Israel, it's not just praying somewhere in a room, but it's physically getting involved in what God is doing in this nation. You know, and through the, the time of the Holocaust, many born-again Christians were afraid to get involved in what was happening. Praise God for some remnant that truly understood and was very boldly hiding Jews in their homes, protecting them, and some of them even pay with their life because they understood the meaning of standing with Israel and the Jewish people. I remember I visited Poland in one of the death camps, and I saw next to the death camp this huge ancient church that saw what happening there and didn't do nothing. And, I, and I'm not here, you know, to, to, to judge these people. I believe, of course, they were afraid, they were concerned for their families. But there is moments where, where your faith, you need to show your faith. And many people failed in those days. In 1991, those of you who remember Saddam Hussein from Iraq, you know, was threatening to, to, to send gas missile against Israel. And I remember as a young believer, I was surrounded with, with people from the nation that came and stood with Israel. And some of them even discipled me. But, but after they heard that it might be missile with gas, I saw one after one leaving the country. And as a young believer, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, they taught me about the love of Yeshua. I saw them in his example and, and they're leaving me. They're leaving us in that, such a difficult moment. And it shook my faith. And I remember that David and Karen Davis, back then they were here at this church. They came to, to minister here. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if they will come back. And you know what? They came back. And I know that they are the real thing. You see, in time of crisis, in time of need, you know the people that they are the real thing. So keep praying for us. And God will give you opportunity to stand with us. In the same chapter, it's continuing in verse 10, and he says, Go through, go through the gates, clear the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway, remove the stone, lift up the standard over the people. And actually, people that know the Bible very good understood that God is speaking to the nation. 
and the nation have a part of preparing the way for the Jewish people to come to know their God and to come back, back to the land. And I know some believers, Christian and organization that God put that on their heart to help the Jewish people to immigrate to back to the land of Israel. And I like the scripture from Romans 11, verse 11, when Paul actually talking to Gentiles who didn't understand God's purposes for Israel. And he says, I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But their transgression, salvation, and come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Do you know that you are called to provoke the Jewish people to jealousy? <laughs> you know, I was, I was checking out, and in New York, in the surrounding area, there is 1.7 million Jewish people. And in the United States, 5.7 million Jews. I think you, 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 you're in a good place. <laughs> there is a lot of opportunity for you to show the love of Yeshua. Don't be afraid to tell Jewish people about Yeshua. That's the best thing you can do. They need to hear the message of Yeshua because Yeshua loved them and he wants to save them. Tell them. Tell them that you're a Jewish Messiah. Save my life. That I, and I'm praying for you. Tell them that through the Jewish Messiah, you have a special love for the people of Israel. Find ways to show the love of Yeshua. You know, I was, it was, I was kind of bringing a smile to my face when I meeting uh, believers, non-Jewish believers around the world, and they are so surprised when they meet a Jew who believe in Yeshua. It was like, let me touch you. And, uh, you know, in, in the book of Acts, the Jews were so surprised that the Gentile came to faith. Now it's the opposite. But use, pray for opportunities. Pray that God will open ways for you to show the love of Yeshua to the Jewish people that he brings to your life. And I want to come to conclusion and just say that everything that God is doing in Israel, it's part of his plan. There is a greater plan. And I love the scripture from Isaiah 49 verse 6. He says, indeed he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribe of Jacob. And to restore the preserved ones of Israel, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be my salvation to the end of the earth.
God is moving the nation of Israel, moving in among the Jewish people, but it's a small thing. Because God's heart, it's for the world. God's heart, it's for the Middle East, the, the Syrians, the Lebanese and the Egyptian. God's heart is for all nations to see them coming to know Yeshua, the Messiah. And I want you to extend that vision. Don't, don't, don't look only around you. Let your dream be bigger. Pray for the world. And I thought thankful that this church has as a heart to do evangelism outside the border of the United States. And I believe as, as, as you pray and you seek the Lord, God will open doors for you in other places. If even for you personally, it could be that God will send you somewhere to share the gospel. I invited you to dream with us. I invite you to dream with us on the day that God will save all of Israel. You know that we are in Israel, we, we have a promise that other nations don't have. And it's a promise that says that all Israel will be saved. And this is the reason we're serving the Lord, because we want to see our people. We want to see our people, the Jewish people, coming to know their own Messiah. You know, not many people through history understood what God is doing with Israel and God's purposes for Israel. And a preacher, very known, Charles Spurgeon, who lived in the 1800s, he gave a, a sermon on Ezekiel 37. June 16, 1864 in England. And this is what he said about this in this sermon. He said, the prophet speaks about the people of Israel and prophesy over them. This prophecy speaks about the house of Israel. He continued to say, we will see a political restoration of the Jewish people in their land. But also we will see a spiritual restoration among the Jewish people through faith in Yeshua the Messiah. He saw that before Israel became a nation. For 2,000 years the Jewish people were all over the world. There was nothing called Israel. There was nothing Hebrew language. But he read the Bible. He saw God's promises and he believed in that. And we are living in this reality today. One day Israel will say to Yeshua, to Jesus, Blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord. I want to pray. And I want to pray that, that God will give you his heart for the people of Israel, Jews and Arabs. And I was thinking also about some of you, I didn't plan, but I felt really the spirit was 
just putting on my heart. There is people here that spiritually in exile. You are not walking in the promises of God in your life, for your life. And God is here to tell you that he wants you to come back home. I don't know, you know, he brought me all the way from Israel to tell you that. <laughs> but, but, he, but he's speaking to you. Don't stay in exile. God is opening the door for you today to come to him. So Lord, I, I want to pray for those people now. Lord, that they will hear it, your voice, your invitation to come back home. And Lord, I pray for the rest of the people here in Times Square Church. Lord, I thank you for their love and the support that they showed to Israel and Carmel congregation. And I pray that you will even give them deeper understanding and deeper love for your people. Lord, that you will use each one of them to be a blessing to your people. Lord, I want to continue to pray that you will anoint the leadership here. That you will continue to lead them by your spirit. That you will give them the grace and the anointing to continue to, to preach the full counsel of the word of God. That the message of holiness will continue to grow, go out from this place and touch as many people. Oh Adonai, I bless this church in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. Amen. Well done, Pastor Denny. Praise God. Thank you. The Lord put something on my heart while you were speaking, uh, not just for the church at large, but for the individual people that are, are seated here listening to these words today. And you have no idea, but this is a, a chapter of scripture the Lord gave me when I was a brand new believer that I would live to see this fulfilled, not ever understanding it or knowing what it was about, but I, he spoke to me, I will live to see this day. In Ezekiel chapter 36, my wife knows that. I preached on it many times in Canada when I was a young pastor. But for, there's people here today that you acknowledge, yes, that this applies to Israel, but this is me too. I'm in a faraway place from God in some area of my life, in my heart. And he says, I will, I will gather you. I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. And the nations shall know that I am God, says the Lord, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. So there's, there's people here today that say, God, I, I, I'm out in the marketplace, but I'm not living right. My, my conversation is not right. My, my practices, the places I go, the things that I think are not right. I claim to be uh, a believer. I claim to belong to you in some measure. Or maybe you just claim that I, I'm a churchgoer. But I'm not, uh, I'm not setting you forth as holy before the eyes of the people. I'm not, I'm not setting you forth as a miracle-working God who brings his people out of captivity, breathes new life into us, and gives us a hope and gives us a future. 
And he says, I'll take you from among the nations. I'll gather you from where you are and bring you in to your own land. It means the place that I'm destined for you to, to dwell in. For you and I, it's, it's that land of promise in Christ Jesus when he died for us, destroyed the power and the penalty of sin and said, I've come to give you life and I've come to give it to you more abundantly. Not just so that we can be happy, but that we can be an expression of who he is to our generation. That the light in us truly can shine in a darkened time. And I love the fact that God says, I will take you. The only thing that the people of Israel could offer to him was a heart that says, I want to go home. They couldn't get out. The, the, the powers around them were too strong. The, uh, the chains and the, the borders and the boundaries were too deep. There was no way to get out. It had to be God that took them out. And he says, not only will I gather you from where you are, but I will sprinkle clean water on you. Another, I'll cleanse your thinking. Uh, I'll open my word to you. And my word will wash you. It will wash your mind. It will wash your heart, your spirit. And you will become a new creation. I will do this for you. And I will cleanse you from your filthiness and from all your idols. Everything you're looking to to bring satisfaction into your life, every false hope that you're clinging to, I will cleanse you from it. And I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. This is the promise of God, not just for Israel, but it's for every believer in Christ Jesus. And I will take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will take away from you, just like Jesus did from Lazarus, I'll remove that stone that stands before you, that tells you, tries to tell you there's no way out, there's no future, there's no hope for you. You're always going to be in this place. You're always going to be like this. This, this stone that tries to get you to make peace with that which Christ died to, to destroy. He says, I will take this out of you and I'll give you a soft heart that can be spoken to, can be molded, can be changed, can be brought into the very life that God has for you. This is a clarion call, not just to Israel, as dramatic as that is, but it's, I believe in my heart it's a clarion call to all the people of God. This is a moment in history where he's calling, he is going to redeem the nation of Israel. There's no doubt about that. Paul the Apostle says, uh, if, if the, uh, the difficulty that happened to Israel or the rejecting of truth became the blessing of, to the Gentiles throughout the world, the receiving back of Israel is going to be exactly like life from the dead. There's going to be an explosion of something in the world of God that we've never seen ever in any time in history when that day when Israel cries out to Christ. But till that day, there's this calling. I feel it. You feel it. You know you feel it because you're feeling it now. This calling of God that says, come home. Come to the place that I have prepared for you. Don't live in this place of compromise and mixture any longer. And so I'm going to ask Greg to just lead us in a couple of songs. And if that's your situation, if you're here and you just have a heart of stone and you know it, you, 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 just, you can't even bring yourself hardly to believe that you could be free or different or changed. I'm going to ask you just to come and stand with me here at the front of this auditorium. And then I'm going to ask Pastor Danny and his wife, Luann, to come and pray for you. And pr pray the blessing of the life of God through his son on you. 
And this is a significant moment because God is re-cementing the bond between our congregations. And I believe there's an authority here, a spiritual authority God has given to this man and his wife to actually pray that blessing. And we will see something begin to happen in your life. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we bless you today. We bless you, Father. And we want to bless all of these who have come down here in Yeshua's name. And Lord, we just we, we want to call them home to their inheritance in you. Lord, their home is in you. Their rest is in you. You are our resting place. And Lord, for the things of darkness, we just, we proclaim death to the things of darkness that they will not hold on to these people anymore, that they will put to death those things that you want them to put to death, Lord God. God, and they will live their life for you, Lord. As we're right here at this altar, Lord, we rededicate ourselves to you. You said that if we are in Messiah, we are a new creation. All those old things are passed away. We are new in you, Lord God. And we just, we commit ourselves to you to live for you, to live a righteous and holy life by the power of the Holy Holy Spirit who is in us. We open ourselves to you. We say, Holy Spirit, come in and help us to walk this life in victory, putting to death the works of the flesh and living for the things of God in Yeshua's name. Lord, you see your children here. Lord, I took this step forward. Lord, you are the one that gives new heart. You are the one that will put your spirit in them. So I pray, Lord, that you will just do it now. Bring that change in their inner being. Lord, I pray that you will take out the hunger for the things of this world. And that you will replace it with a hunger for you. Hunger for holiness, hunger to read your word, hunger to seek your face, hunger to, to, to be used by you. Lord, I pray that you will fulfill your destiny in each one of your children here today. Lord, I pray that they will not waste any more one day without you. Lord, Adonai, I bless each one of your children. Thank you for each one of them that is so precious. You loved each one of them in such a way, such an amazing way. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah.